This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to say that we know communication is tough. We hope you've been able to incorporate the tips and strategies we discuss into your daily life. If you feel like you're still struggling or would like individual guidance, I offer one-on-one online coaching sessions for all things speech, voice, and communication. This can include public speaking lessons, which are an incredible tool to mitigate social anxiety and increase overall confidence levels, speaking voice enhancement if you don't love the sound of your voice on tape, accent modification to speak clearly and be heard the first time, and social skills training, which covers a lot of the things that we talk about on the show, but of course would be tailored to your individual needs and goals. On the show, we talk a lot about the content of what you're going to say. With my private coaching clients, I also focus on the delivery, how you say the thing you say, how your tone of voice can affect the way that you're coming across and the way your message is delivered. If you're at all interested in these services, please check out my website, georgiaspeechcoaching.com, and schedule a free phone consultation to discuss your needs and goals. I would love to work with you. Now back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Art of Communication podcast. Today, we're going to talk about communication with roommates. There's obviously a lot of overlap between overall effective communication strategies and things you can use with your roommates, but Molly and I have both found that communicating with roommates has its own very nuanced set of skills, and it's a unique relationship in general. Mm -hmm. So we think it's really important when you are communicating with roommates to remember why it's so tricky. It's very different if you're talking to your friend about something versus talking to someone that you live with because your living space is your most sacred space. This is the place in the world that you want to feel the most comfortable. So even very subtle shifts in communication can cause a huge change in the dynamic of your living space. And so that's why it's extra important to pay attention to the way you're communicating both verbally and non-verbally with the person that you're sharing a living space with. Exactly. And Trisha and I have both been in the position of having roommates for, I think, a good 10 years, right? Since (laughs) um, college. So, (laughs) and Trisha and I have both been each other's roommates. So I think this will be a good forum to discuss how we've experienced our lives for the past 10 years and how we've made successful and sometimes unsuccessful attempts at having roommates. Yeah, and of course, in our 10 years of experience, there have been really fabulous experiences and then some that are a little bit more negative, but we're going to talk today about some of our own personal experiences as well as those that we've heard about from other people. And uh, And just the patterns of how we have found communicating best and what hasn't worked in those situations. Communication obviously is key, that's why we have this podcast, and Roommate communication is, again, like Trisha said, its own animal. One thing I've noticed that comes out most frequently with roommates in particular as compared to any other relationship is passive aggression. So often when talking to people, they'll say, oh, my roommate did this passive aggressive thing. I've noticed it. I've probably done some passive aggressive things. This is just, it's easier to do in that sort of situation because we know that we run a big risk when we communicate with 
a roommate and some of these things are awkward. Talking about how messy someone is can be uncomfortable, especially if you're living with your friend or saying, you know, I once lived with a roommate who would throw parties all the time and I felt like such a loser being like, hey, it's 12 o'clock on a Tuesday, I'm trying to sleep. But sometimes I just had to do that to communicate my needs and I didn't want to passive aggressively like knock on the wall until she stopped. But there, it tends to, in my experience and observations, that sort of behavior comes out a lot more frequently with people that you're living with as opposed to general friendships or coworkers. And I think there's a lot of reason behind that. Like, number one, a lot of the times when you're living with roommates, it is strangers that you have somehow cohabitated with based on, like, Craigslist or dorming together or whatever this case may be. So you're not as familiar with the communication styles to begin with. Or it's the opposite end of the spectrum where you're living with one of your best friends and you know their communication too well, but you haven't had that interaction with them in the form of being a roommate and it you don't want to mess up the friendship relationship either so all of it creates this big mess that just creates a perfect environment for being passive aggressive which yeah it is my it is one of my biggest pet peeves is passive aggression it it, it frustrates me because it's it's the most messy unclear form of communication it's all guessing and I hate it <laughs> And it's so easily avoided. It it's is. Very, not easily because it, it does take a lot of effort and guts sometimes to speak up, but it is, it's simple to avoid. That's a good way to say it. It's not easy necessarily, but it's simple to fix the problem. Logistically, it's simple. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. My mom always told me, never live with your friends because you'll end up not liking them. And in all my years rooming with people, the only time I lived with friends is when Molly and I lived together (laughs) with a few other people, junior and senior year of college. And fortunately for us, that didn't, that wasn't detrimental to our friendship with any of the girls there. But I definitely have seen it happen in other people before. And uh, it's interesting because when you're living with someone, you learn things about them that you never knew. And it definitely changes the dynamic. So my friend of my guy friend of mine, is living on his own for the first time. He's a little younger. And uh, he's living on his own for the first time, and he's living with two of his best friends, and he used to hang out at their apartment all the time anyway, so he didn't think it'd be a big deal moving in with them. But now that he lives there, he's like, oh my gosh, they're so messy, and I'm always cleaning up after them, and they're always having parties, and I need to study, and things like that. And it's, it's really hard to communicate that in a way that won't damage your friendship or make your friends think like oh that's not cool man and so it's but it's important and it's necessary to do because otherwise you're going to end up fostering silent resentment and I think that's why friendships get damaged is because you live together you start noticing subtle things that annoy you and then you don't say anything about it and so then you develop a resentment towards that person and you stop liking the person as opposed to speaking up and saying hey I know this is awkward and uncomfortable can we develop a chore situation so that I do the dishes one week and you do the dishes the next week or something to that effect? And you, we can talk about how to make protocols that will help things flow a little more smoothly. And I think that is so important. I, that would be my one takeaway that I've really wanted to share throughout this episode. I have found personally that using chore charts and having protocols and communicating those more logistic household things clearly in the very beginning 
makes the tension and the passive aggression later on less because you're nipping it in the bud initially you're sharing your patterns and your desires right away and then you have this objective system that makes it easier to communicate through so instead of saying things like you know oh my gosh the kitchen's so dirty today like I wonder who did this and then it becomes this weird guessing game slash everyone's just avoiding the you did it (laughs) statement there's something else you can work through like oh wasn't it your week to do the dishes hey next week when it's your week again I would really appreciate if you did xyz Mm-hmm. And it's all in the delivery because it's what you said just now. It's like, oh, wow, this kitchen's a mess. Like, don't say things like that. Just say, oh, oops, I didn't clean up from breakfast this morning. Let me wipe that down. Or, oh, I see you cooked using this pan. Do you mind cleaning that up because I have some people coming over or something? But you just want to – you can be direct in a polite way. But, Molly, what you said about the chore charts, that – the most important thing that I took from that is start from the beginning. Yes. If you're living with someone for six months and then you suddenly say, okay, you're really messy. Like, I think we need to start doing this thing. That's going to, that's not going to come across as well. Whereas if you go into a situation and say, hey, we're living together for the first time, regardless of whether you're friends or not. Say, these are my needs in my living situation. I need this certain level of cleanliness. And, you know, I think, in college, they made us fill out things like that. Yeah, the they did at the very beginning. I forgot when we had random roommates. Yeah, and it's actually really helpful because it makes you think about things. And I know no one took it seriously, at least in my dorm. Like yeah. No one really cared. We were like, let's just fill it out because we have to. But it's actually a really good way to avoid a lot of problems and cultivate better relationships. Because, again, if you're letting these silly, small little things affect your feelings towards another person that's going to damage your relationship and so starting with a way that makes all of these things objective and less personal because if you're having a chore chart and saying okay it's your week to do the dishes you haven't done the dishes yet that's an objective statement versus wow that's she's a messy person Mm -hmm. and it becomes even trickier when there's multiple roommates more than, I mean, sorry, more than just like two people living together because then there's sometimes this dynamic between roommates B and C talking about roommate A behind her back or his back and it becomes a very tumultuous situation. Yeah, and that's what that will happen is sometimes people are going to develop closer friendships or closer bonds. Oh my gosh, it just reminded me, freshman year of college, we had this, it was a setup where we had two bedrooms and we all shared the kitchen and bathroom and like living space and we had one of the roommates not in my particular room but in the other room everyone just like really ganged up on her and I remember we I was kind of friends with her because I, I didn't mind her I liked her but she did some weird really unhygienic stuff too and so we had us sit down like talking to with her and I remember I was just silent the whole time because I had no idea what to do and it was so awkward but it's like those sorts of things you want to avoid by not letting it get to that point of okay now we have to sit down and have this big ultimatum it's trying to avoid it up front by putting some protocols in place but even if this ideal situation of talking about it up front doesn't happen mm-hmm. although when you were in that situation 10 years ago it was awkward I still think that's better than nothing because at least yeah. you had to sit down and talking to you so you didn't have to live in this strange state of 
anger and annoyance and passive aggression and things like that. So those repair strategies, even though they're not the best option to begin with, if you can avoid it, do. But if you have to go to it, do that as well. Don't just let it slide by. Just make sure. So in that situation, it was such a terrible experience because the other two roommates were so accusatory. And plus, it also, I feel like she felt attacked because it's three on one. But instead of saying, you never clean up. This is really messy. I don't like this. I didn't like this thing you did. It's you want to package it in a way it says, hey, I understand you're really busy. You don't have a lot of time to do the cleaning, but I would appreciate it if you could spend just 15 minutes wiping down the counters or doing sweeping the floor or say, I feel I've been trying to do my part to keep this clean and I'm a little concerned about the hygiene of our house and what can we do and ask them for a solution instead of saying here I want you to do this thing consider asking them what do you think is a fair way to to handle this problem and have a solution in the backup as well have something yeah I think what you said being accusatory is not a solution think of our feedback episode we did a while back, right? We have to provide it in a way that makes the other person feel comfortable because if they feel attacked, nothing is going to change and have a solution that you guys come to at the end. So it is something that can change. Mm -hmm. And again, it's your living situation. So this is really delicate because if you make the person feel attacked or accused and they're going to become defensive and then it's just going to spiral into other little acts. And this is someone that you see every day and that you share a space with. It's, it's crucial. These sorts of micro details can actually get highlighted more in living situations because it is so sensitive. Yeah. So speaking of all of this doing the work beforehand when you move in with somebody, something that Trisha and I had also thought was an important point to bring up was when you are you know, going through that roommate finding process, make sure you aren't just people pleasing so you can get a place to live. Yes, you need a place to live, obviously, but if you have the ability to be picky, I guess, mm-hmm. do. Make sure you're not just trying to appease the person you want to potentially be your roommate. Stick by your grounds of what you need in a living situation. Yeah. Well, I think there are two different things here. There's one, if you're really in a bind and you say yes to the first person you meet because you're rushed, be careful not to do that. Try to avoid that if possible. But also there's the other situation where you're kind of looking around, but you say yes to the first person because you don't know how to say no, Hmm. which I definitely did one time. And... It was such an interesting experience. So I, I saw this place. I kind of fell in I didn't fall in love with it. I had a lot of hesitations, but I said yes on the spot because I didn't know how to not say yes. And it was a terrible situation because I only met one of the roommates. It was a really small apartment. I met one of the roommates. I didn't meet the other one. Don't don't do that. Make sure you meet the people that you're going to live with. Or if you're in different you're in another state, FaceTime them or Skype them or call them at the very least to make sure that you know something about this person. Add them on social media. Figure out more about them before you just jump in because all these little things are going to come up down the line. But anyway, so I didn't meet the one roommate and the first roommate told me that the other girl smokes marijuana and it, was I okay with that? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And But it really ended up being such a huge deal. And the whole apartment smelled like weed all the time. It was very uncomfortable. And then one day I came home. There was a stripper pole in the living room. And then eventually, <laughs> this is not a joke. And then her her boyfriend moved in. And he was there all the time. And she wasn't there. And no one had told. It just, and he was eating my grocery. It was just not a good 
experience for me. But in hindsight, I said yes way too quickly. So now I have a rule, a general rule, where if you're going and looking at places, I will not say yes or no on the spot. But you want to take it home, think about it, weigh your options. And this is really hard for chronic people pleasers to do, but make sure that that's a big deal. You can't undo moving in very quickly. And you also don't want to be flaky and say yes and then change your mind three days later because that's rude. Yes. What happened? Did you end up staying at that place for your full lease? No. I Good. I lost my security deposit because I was like, I can't take this anymore. But I think but that's also, another good point, too, is you got out when you needed to, and you didn't put yourself suffering through a whole year lease or something like that. Yeah. I could have done some things to communicate better, for sure, and ask as before I was just like, okay, I'm leaving. But it, I knew that I didn't want to stay, so it wasn't even worth it to me to have that conversation. But I think it's a really important takeaway from this, in particular, is know your boundaries. And you don't have to be okay with things. If your roommate is partying every single night or hosting parties, you don't have to be okay with that. You don't have to try to seem chill or cool or like be yourself and say what's appropriate for you. And yeah, and I I think what we talked about earlier, your home is your sanctuary. You don't have to fake what your sanctuary is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then another interesting thing that happens with roommates sometimes, particularly roommates that are friends, is having feeling the pressure to invite your roommate everywhere you go. Mm. So I have this one friend who lives with a coworker, I think, or she lived. I don't. She, they, she lives with a girl that she's like kind of friends with, but not really. And so every time she leaves to go do something social, she feels like the other girl is like waiting for an invitation. But the first girl knows her herself and she is not afraid to not invite her so she'll just be like okay bye and leave but sometimes that can feel rude and so it's let's talk about how do you handle that when one person wants to invite all the time or let's say you're in the same friend group how do you not invite the other person or do you invite them all the time yeah well I think that's a personal choice like do you invite them all the time if you're the type of person who doesn't feel overwhelmed by that extreme constant presence of that person then yeah just again listen to what you want if you are that type of person that needs those boundaries of like hey we live together I cannot hang out with you after work every day yeah then you have to be clear and communicate that sometimes in my apartment this is somewhat similar but not really but we can go more into your situation or that situation too but I will sometimes, I live with my one of my really good friends right now, and I will sometimes be like, hey, go into my room at like 8 p.m. and just close the door and have my own sanctuary time because mm-hmm. we do spend a lot of time together, and sometimes I do need my own one-on-one myself time. So I will tell her clearly, hey, go into my room, good night, and it's like 8 p.m. She knows I'm not going to bed, but she knows, hey, that is my boundary if I need to be alone. Mm-hmm. In those, Which is important. Yeah. yeah. So I think kind of the same ideal can be used for the situation of blurred lines of coworker, roommate, friend, all of that too. Yeah. And I think the important thing, if you're on the other end, let's say you're living with someone who is always going out and not inviting you to stuff. Don't take things personally in any of the things that we're talking about today. Try not, and just in general in life, try to take things less personally because you don't know what the other person is going through. You don't know why that person wants that space. You don't know why their door is shut. I remember I, 
started shutting my door a lot because I started meditating a lot more and I just can't meditate with the door open and people walking around. And then I realized I never told my roommate that. And I was like, wow, she probably thinks that I'm like angry with her and shutting the door all the time. So I said like, Hey, this is why I'm doing that. But it's, don't take it personally. And remember if someone's going to hang out with their friends, it's not that they don't like you, but we need diversity in our lives. And so it's not, it shouldn't be offensive if someone doesn't want to spend 100% of their time with you, or maybe you just have different circles and that's fine too. But remember everyone is filtering their life through their own lens. And so even if it's coming down to things like organization and cleaning, and maybe one thing bothers one person and it doesn't bother the other, don't take it as like, oh my gosh, this person hates me because I didn't do this one thing. It's like, no, that one thing is a bigger deal to them than it happens to be to you. Just like this other thing matters more to you than it does to them. Yes. I think one of the biggest things take away from that idea though is communicate your needs though with your roommate if that was my situation I was the one feeling left out when my roommate was going out all the time with people that we shared relationships with or something I wanted to be included in I would say hey what's up I would have loved to go to that thing um next time I would love to be invited or can you tell me when you're doing these things and then that opens up the conversation for her to say oh we just spent like so many days together I don't I want to create some boundaries, but you're just being more open and vulnerable with each other, which mm-hmm. is important in a living situation. Yeah. And it, it, you're going to be vulnerable no matter what, because you're living with this person and sharing your life with them. And that's why it is important to be selective before you jump in right away. Or if you know right off the bat, like, hey, I don't want a friend. I want a roommate. Yes. Say that. That's okay to say, too. Like, hey, you seem like a really cool person. Just so you know, I already have my life established. I'm just looking for a place to sleep at night and cook every once in a while, you know? So it's, it doesn't have to be, hey, we're best friends. Whereas if one person is like, I want to live with someone that I'm going to drink wine with every single day, then it's, that's different. I think that's a huge point because I've just gone through, I'm moving soon and I just had to go through this whole roommate search situation. And I was looking for a roommate situation where I could be friends with them as well. And so Mm -hmm. I had a lot of other situations where I would go and see an apartment and I could very well tell that they just wanted a body to put in a room to pay the Mm -hmm. rent and they did not want to interact with the person applying as a roommate and that's what I wanted so in those situations I knew right away I don't want to live here and so when I found a place that it seemed like they were willing to become closer and friendlier with that person then I was like okay let me look more into this because I think knowing what you want out of a living situation is important as well. Yeah. And then little common courtesies if you are living with someone is if you're going out of town for a week, probably let the other person know so they don't worry about you. Or my roommate just got a dog and didn't tell me. And it's interesting because she's normally a very considerate person and, you know, really takes into account the way another person will feel. But in this case, I'm like, yo, that's a dog and I work from home and I have a cat and I had no idea that this large animal was now going to be in the house. Things like that. You want to make sure that you communicate. You want to keep in mind what is going to affect this other person's life. Because even little things, obviously getting a pet is a big deal, but little things are going to affect someone's situation too. So make it's always better to be on this over-communicative side as opposed to under. If it's going to change the living dynamic of your roommate, you need to tell them. And I think that's a great point, Trisha, over-communicate. Sometimes it's funny how people want to know different things, dogs being, you know, that's something you definitely should communicate. But even small things like, hey, 
Um, getting new furniture. Yeah, getting new furniture. Uh, I can't even think of anything right now. Or, like, I'm getting ready to make this big meal. That's why there's so many groceries hogging up the fridge. Having a friend over tonight. That's even mm-hmm. something. Yeah, yeah. It's just a common courtesy so that the other person is aware. Or since I work from home, I'm like, hey, don't walk in in the next two hours because I'm recording a podcast or things like that. Yes, yes. Because otherwise, you can end up being annoyed. Say, oh, why is all this stuff on the counter? I didn't know that we were throwing a party. Like, you can yeah. tell people. I think just hit quickly on the point of groceries, that's another conversation to have. Decide up front mm. if you're going to split groceries or if you're going to buy them separately. This is a side note from that just gave me this idea. Every situation you have, too, is going to be different. In my first living situation, I think we had, like, basically very sectioned off sections in the fridge for where our food goes. The next place I lived, we all, like, shared our food, and I was so shocked. I was like, oh, okay, I have to adjust to this now. But it ended up working. And then in my current situation, we have, again, separate corners of the fridge. Every situation is going to be different, so these things have to be communicated in the beginning. So if you're used to, you know, oh, I've always shared groceries with my previous roommates, maybe the next roommate you have, that's not going to fly. So those are things you communicate as well. And it can change. I remember when I was living in Italy, my roommate and I, in the beginning, shared groceries. And then one day she's like, man, you really went to town on that Nutella. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't buy like separate things. And I was like, yeah, let's see. Or like olive oil too. I used way more than she did. And that's not cheap. And so we, well, it's kind of cheap in Italy. But we decided to, for certain things, like pasta, okay, we'll share. But certain things... We wanted to keep separate, or like spices and seasonings, we would share that. But other things, it's like, okay, I'm getting this. And also being open to say, hey, I got this. I have way extra. It's going to go bad. Please eat some. Yes. That's a nice thing to do. Yeah, never assuming anything in these kind of situations either is important. Cool. Yay. Cool. So my main takeaway from all of this, kind of the, the thing that I think is most important is exercise your ability to say no, whether that's saying no to living with someone you don't want to live with or not necessarily saying no, but communicating your boundaries and your needs and saying, this is what I need from the situation. This is how my need is not being met, but not in an accusatory way, in a way that says, this is not on you. This is me, but here's what I would like to see from you. And in exchange, I'm doing X, Y, Z to make sure you feel comfortable as well. I love that. So my takeaway is if you are currently in a living situation where there's passive aggressive communication happening over chores and things like that, don't be afraid to make a chore chart or some type of system set into place to make those logistic pieces of living together easier and more objective. I feel like sometimes people think it's so nerdy or, you know, over the top to make those things, but it works. There's a reason why people do it. So my takeaway is try that. Yeah, I was just going to say, I know it sounds a little dorky, but you can also think about simple ways. So, for example, in one house I lived in, it was not, okay, do your dishes every week let's alternate it was more like let's have a general rule of we don't go to sleep with dishes in the sink because that causes bugs so a rule like that or yes. something that is just a general general thing. house rules mm-hmm. and it's okay to have those and it's important i agree 
All right, guys, please send us with any questions or comments you have on this. I'm sure a lot of you guys have either lived with roommates or are currently living with roommates, so we'd love to hear your input on our thoughts on this. Yeah, it'd be so interesting to talk about how these apply when you're living with a romantic partner. Yes. Or your spouse or your family. Yes, we don't have experience with that, so we could not talk about it, but that would be such an interesting thing to hear your guys' input on. Yes. So feel free to email us at lastartofcommunication at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we would love to hear from you. And thanks for sticking with us. I know our schedule has been not as consistent lately, but there have been a lot of life changes. So we really appreciate you guys sticking with us, listening to when our episodes are coming out. So thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye.